0: Osiris. Hi, I'm Lara Bennett, and you're listening to Highway Butterfly: The Stories of Neil Cassell. Neil was a gifted singer, songwriter, musician, and friend to many. He released 14 albums as a solo artist and collaborated on countless projects with other musicians. After his passing in 2019, his friends and family created the Neil Cassell Music Foundation to provide instruments and music lessons to students in New York and New Jersey and to support organizations that offer musicians mental health care. One of the featured projects of the newly formed foundation is the tribute album, Highway Butterfly, The Songs of Neil Casal, a sprawling 41 song collection, bringing together a galaxy of rock and roots luminaries. We've asked the contributing musicians to share their memories of Neil and their stories of making the record. Highway Butterfly, The Songs of Neil Cassell is out now. Purchase the album and learn more at neilcasalmusicfoundation.org.
1: Well, hello. I am Gary Waldman. I am here with the co-producers of the Highway Butterfly album, the legendary Dave Schools, the also legendary Jim Scott. This is the first time we've been together in person since pre-COVID when we started recording the Highway Butterfly album here, which was uh, February 2020. And we're excited to be back together. We're at Jim Scott's studio Pliers in uh, Valencia, California, an incredible place, which you can see a little bit behind us. We're in the control room right now. This is a place where we recorded about 20 of the songs from Highway Butterfly, also a place where Neil recorded quite a bit over the last 15 years, various projects, the most recent Circles Around the Sun album, which was Neil's last recording, was done right here. Actually, the last time I saw Neil, he was standing right here couple days before he died, which is, uh, so it's always emotional in here, but we're very happy to be together, and what we're going to do today is we're going to have a little round table, almost like a speed dating session (laughs) for each song. I've never been speed dating, but I've seen it depicted on TV, where you go from person to person, we're going to go from song to song and tell you a little bit about each song, maybe about 60, 75 seconds or so of each song, so you can kind of figure out what the songs were about. So let me get that track list. Um, This is the album-sized version of the insert that shows you the track listing. So we're going to go down this, and we're going to talk about each song. So, track one, and I will say that the sequencing of the album was a real challenge to sequence 41 songs I did that. I don't know how I did that, but somehow I did. And, uh, in your spare
2: time? In my
1: very spare time, yes. I really, the way I did it was driving around in the car a lot. Driving around and listening and imagining what Neil would like, because we used to love driving around and listening to music, so that's the way I did it. Imagining that Neil was sitting over there going, yeah, that one goes together well, and that one goes together well, and then probably sometimes, oh, I don't like that one. And, and I was like, well, you're not here, so you lose. Um Anyway, so here we go. Track number one on side one is Traveling After Dark by Aaron Lee Tazjan. It's from Neil's album No Wish to Reminisce. And uh, Dave, what do you know about that track? You're you're the point person on that one.
3: I know that uh, Aaron Lee picked that song, and uh, we were pleasantly surprised that he did pick that song. Um, And rather than talk about the song, I'd just like to talk about Neil was in Hardworking Americans and we spent a lot of time in Nashville making the album called Rest in Chaos and when we were working at Blackbird Studio finishing it up Aaron Lee was around quite frequently Um, and Neil and Aaron Lee hit it off and there was a, a mutual love of tons of different songwriters so Aaron flew out here in the just when COVID was getting weird he flew out and he stayed for two days and he cut his track "Traveling After Dark." Mm-hmm. Um, McKenna McCain made a great video, yes. which you can find. And uh, who do we have? Tony Leone, yeah, and Jesse Acock, yeah, and John Grayball,
2: John Grayball, yeah,
3: you and me, and Adam McDougal.
1: McDougal is on there,
3: and Jim,
1: and Jim, and I think uh, maybe there were some background vocals from Coford, Alex Coford. Coford
3: was was Brian here. Brian Whelan? I don't know. Definitely Alex <laughs> Coford, but uh, so it was strange because the world was shutting down, Yeah. and nobody knew really what was happening, and Aaron Lee was like, I flew out here on a basically empty airplane, and I feel like I'll be flying home on a very empty airplane. <laughs> we'll have more to say about Aaron Lee when we get to Jesse So. song. Yeah. Okay, well that's a good start. Track number
1: two is Need Shelter by Jamie Wyatt, and... Neil played on her album, uh, Neon Cross. It was one of the last things he did in 2019, and it was produced by Shooter Jennings. And I knew Shooter a little bit, so I said to Shooter, what about Jamie White? Do you think she'd want to do a Neil song? And uh, we called her up and she had an idea and the cool thing about her version of neat shelter is that we had the guitar here that neil wrote that song on it's a gibson classical guitar that neil got in mississippi of all places and he wrote the song while he was down in the mississippi delta and john graboff pulled that guitar out when we were recording with jamie and came up with really cool funky little guitar part and I think Brian Whalen played on that one as well.
2: Yeah, we were working it out out, by, out at the Pliers Bar in the warehouse Excellent. and we were just basically getting the key and getting the tempo and and John and Brian just started playing the the double acoustic guitar riff, the da-da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da-da-da yeah. Yeah. and it just stuck and that said, well that's that's the track, let's play to that. So yeah. she was very brave, and she really sang great. And i got to say that she showed up dressed to the nines, looked like a million bucks, ready for the camera, and, and she was a total pro and sang great.
1: Yeah, she's like an old-school, old like, 60s Nashville star. She's really, really amazing Yeah, awesome. Then uh, track three, side one, You Don't See Me Crying by Beachwood Sparks, Gospel Beach, Great Friends of Neil... Neil was in Beachwood Sparks, if you remember that. Brent is pals with Dave, and I don't know how Brent came up with this lineup or what he did. Also, we didn't do that in the original pre-COVID session. Right. Right.
2: No, it right. was the last session that we did here at Pliers, kind of after COVID and getting close to the finish line. Summer. We finally had some freedom to like get people back in the, into this studio, you know, kind of with vaccinations and hand sanitizer. And, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and th- those guys came up and did such an amazing job of it. It was fantastic. It's another song with an incredible
1: video. If you haven't seen that, check out the video for You Don't See Me Crying by Beachwood Sparks and Gospel Beach. It's an incredible masterpiece, I would call it. And the guy who made the video is a guy named Cyril from Womb Studios in Paris. And he took all of Neil's old photographs and made those the background settings of this, these images. That I, I don't even know how he did it, but it's awesome. So check it out. Track four, No One
3: Above You by Marcus
1: King with Eric Krasnow. I, I, what do you know about that one, Dave?
3: Well, <laughs> I know that uh, they didn't show up to cut their track until about 6 o'clock at night. I think they were having lunch, a very long lunch They were having a long day. lunch, and uh, Marcus and Kras showed up, and we had Tony Leone and myself and Adam McDougal. Uh, Jesse Aycock was here, and Alex Coford was here, Laurent Barth was here. We had a big group but uh that was the last session before COVID shut us down. That's right. Um and we had a we worked pretty hard to get that arrangement. It was a little complicated. Um but once we got it, man, it just it bam, we got it and then we had a a big gang vocal, a choir almost singing on the outro and and it's just it's fantastic hearing Marcus and Kraz cut heads the way they do in that super short format was really, it was refreshing and eye-opening and and what a great track to sort of Send everybody scampering into lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really positive way to end something. Yeah. And Marcus I, I, King, incredible singer.
2: Yeah, great singer, and I loved his bravery. He just showed up. You know, he was traveling. He didn't really have his rig with him. He plays these great orange amplifiers, but I don't have any modern stuff, so he just grabbed a guitar off the wall and one of the old amps, and he went in there and just made a terrific, beautiful sound. It just comes out of his fingers, and uh, it, it, was, it was pretty fantastic.
3: Yeah. Yeah, that's. I
2: think we sat nineteen people for dinner that night.
3: It was the biggest one. <laughs> yeah, it was the Last Supper, as yeah, it were. Yeah, we kept we kept putting up
2: we kept putting up tables and chairs and cutting up everything that was in the refrigerator to feed everybody. But it was it worked out great.
3: That's great.
1: Uh, track five on side one is "Feathers for Bakersfield" by the Fruit Bats. This is one of my favorite ones. And Eric Johnson, who is the Fruit Bats. He played everything himself. He masterminded the whole thing. I knew he wanted to do that song, and that, that song we kind of had on hold for Bob Weir. At the last minute, Bob Weir changed his song, so that opened up in a, you know, fortuitous situation, I would say. So Eric did this song, uh, Fruit Bats, and just beautiful, beautiful version. When he sent it to me, I, I couldn't believe how great it was. And we sent it down here. Jim ran it through this console, and done. So nothing, not a note of it was recorded here. But um.
2: and it wasn't even mixed here. I mean, I, I I gave it a couple hours trying to like get into his mix and do whatever. And after a couple hours, I called Gary and said, I can't really beat this. Maybe mm-hmm. what I could do is just send it through the console and you know just put a little like a little love on it, and we'll just use his mix. So that's it.
1: Yeah, and it's amazing. Uh, okay, well, we'll go to side two of the vinyl. Starts off with All the Luck in the World by Billy Strings and Circles Around the Sun. This is obviously the first song that anybody heard from this record. It's actually the first one we did. That's right. You know, a couple months before Neil died, maybe, yeah. He texted me and he was like, do you know this Billy Strings kid? Uh, he's amazing, and apparently he's a fan of mine. <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah, Neil, you do have some fans. It's uh, like, but he uh, he wants to meet up, and he maybe wants a jam, and so they had a, a very brief uh, but cool friendship, and you know him, you know Billy pretty well. And and then we reached out to him, and the other cool thing is that Billy's manager is a guy named Bill Orner, and he's been a huge Neil Casal fan for many years, and he turned Billy on to... Uh, all the luck in the world and it wasn't the song i would have imagined him doing but i just couldn't be happier
2: with the way i just it thought it was out. amazing it was it was the first song of the first project on the first day <laughs> and we didn't have any idea we were going to have 41 artists we weren't that yeah. organized and so we thought well we'll just get started and see what happens so this young acoustic guitar player phenomenon with basically the cats and not knowing what Billy was all about or what, you know, how, what kind of sound to make, we just made the sound that came out of the room. I think we took some chances with the piano sound and the synthesizer swirly sound, and Billy was awesome. I don't think any of his records sound anything like the record that he did on Neil's record, but it was it's just total bravery and total love, and just like that's what these records are all about. You, it's really not about what you're doing, it's about what you're doing for everybody else.
1: Yeah. Another guy who uh, I didn't realize what a great singer he was, and he sings that. And to me, he has something in his voice that reminds me of Ronnie Van Zant um, from Leonard Skinner, which I don't think anybody has said, but for whatever reason, he he has that thing. He does to me, and uh, I love that. Then we go to Sweet in the Distance, which was Dory Freeman and uh, Teddy Thompson, and Dory is an artist that I work with, and she's a fantastic country singer. And Neil played on her second record. He played a bunch of guitar on that record, and uh, he loved her singing. And she just sang this song so beautifully. The backing track was actually recorded in Woodstock, New York, and it's uh, Kenny Roby's band. So it's Kenny Roby, Tony Leone, Jeff Hill, uh, Jesse Aycock, and John Lee Shannon are are on the track, and I. Not that I want to tune my horn, and I certainly
2: never would, but I am playing the little
1: banjo lick on there. And Teddy um, played on
2: it, didn't he? Teddy, Teddy play? didn't play or on it, sang, but he sang right? the
1: harmony, okay. yeah. And I just love the way so Dory sang it. Metzger's sings this. on it, though, isn't he? Oh, yes, that's right. You are correct. That's Kong a lot glad. of good
2: players when Teddy Thompson doesn't get to play.
1: Yeah. Uh, no. And Graboff <laughs> is on here, too. So the outro, <laughs> Grayboff, I think, is playing some pedal steel or some B Bender or some, some stuff. And then Metzger is doing all, all that psychedelic guitar in the outro, which is insane.
2: But Dory's voice is incomparable. Yeah. She's a really an unsung heroine and she's really amazing.
1: Yes. All right. Um track 3 on side 2 is Time Down the Wind by His Golden Messenger. I'll let you talk about that one, Dave.
3: Well, uh MC Taylor, I just I think he's amazing and an incredible vocalist and songwriter. And when I approached him to see if he would be willing to participate in our record, he said he would immediately and then he this is when I discovered that there are kind of two sets of Neil fans. There are those who appreciated his sort of proto-americana releases in the in the early and mid 90s. And then there are people and I fall into the second category that he came on my radar during the Cardinals and then sort of really stepped out of the shadows as this like amazingly patient and colorful lyrical guitar player guy. And so MC didn't really know about the guitar player guy, but he said that Fade Away Diamond Time was a big influence, and it was part of why he got so deep into songwriting. Hmm. So he wanted to do this, and this was during COVID, so it was sort of a remote session that we had to pull together, and I leaned on my friend Cameron Ralston at Space Bomb in Richmond, Virginia, who his had worked with, and they put together this amazing backing track. MC was like I I I'm hearing like sort of a, a minor key down tempo thing. It's time down the wind is a cruising song. It's like a elbow out the window, cruise down the coastal highway. And he took it to a whole nother place and it's it's mournful and it's beautiful and the backing is so in service of the song. And then Chris Borner recorded MC's vocal in Durham. Um, and we put it all together, sent it back here, and Jim mixed it, and it's fantastic. It's it's, it's an outstanding track.
1: It really, really is. I actually saw his Golden Messenger the other night in uh, Albany, saw them play. And actually, a you know, weird coincidence, Dory Freeman's husband is now the drummer in that band. That's right. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, But I said to him, the his singing reminds me, it, well, in that song, a little bit of Prince, but also... Of a guy named Terence Trent D'Arby, oh yeah, who was a big star <laughs> in late '80s, and uh, Neil loved Terence Trent D'Arby. He actually did a version of Wishing uh, Well. Wishing Well. <laughs> Neil does a really soulful version of that. So, there's all kinds of threads that somehow magically tie together. Track four is Me and Queen Sylvia, one of my favorite Neil songs. And Jonathan Rice did that. And Jonathan Rice is a Scottish songwriter. He lives in California now. But Neil actually uh, played with Jonathan Rice. I think this goes back to uh, 2004. Jonathan... Uh, I'm not sure who hooked Neil up with this gig, but Jonathan had a record out on Warner Brothers and needed somebody to play second guitar with him and kind of tormentage him. It was his first tour, I think he was 19, 20 years old. And so Neil drove him around on this tour in a car, and Neil kept all the receipts and did all the accounting. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and played guitar. And I think there might have been some incident with the car going in a ditch. I don't know. I don't really know the whole story. But he did a beautiful version of this track.
3: That was here. That was here i um, was on it it's mcdougall heffington heffington yeah
1: the late great the late Don great
2: Huffington, yes
1: and that track is great and uh yeah,
2: the vocal range how about it you know
1: yeah he goes from this low baritone in the first half of the song to giving,
2: giving the people what they want and yeah.
1: right up in the sing-along range yeah some other guy he just some other guy joins the band about halfway through but it's really great. And I have one other thing on, on Jonathan Rice. Jonathan and Neil and Farmer Dave as a trio somehow got the gig to open for REM at Hyde Park in London <laughs> in <like laughs> 2005 or so. So they, the three of them, as like a trio, played in front of like 60,000 people. Oh, anyway, I don't Ow. know how that happened. All right. Track five. The last, si- the last song on side two of the vinyl is Wisest of the Wise by Mapache. And uh, as a, another great, almost like a Hawaiian version of Wisest of the Wise. And uh, I think it's just those two
3: guys and Dan Horn on bass. And, and Benji Knight. Benji's on it. Benji Knight sat in the piano room and played acoustic guitar. And uh, I think, didn't Tony play some bongos? I think so. Tony yeah. only played Congas some bongos. I, Congas, I think. Yeah. Congas.
2: It was great about those guys. We, we, I have a, a really perfect size vocal booth in my studio Perfect size for, like, one guy and a and a guitar. But Mapache sings shoulder to shoulder. So we set them up, both guys, in the vocal booth with giant, ancient RCA 44 microphones on their voices and a big, fat Neumann U87s on their guitars. And they were so close, it just became one giant sound. And in that sound, like, there's nothing you can fix. There's nothing you can change. There's nothing you can tweak. It's like they sing it, they play it. The record's done. Thank you very much, and that's what they did. And it's very brave, and it's hard to do. People don't do that much anymore.
1: Yeah, they're so great. And of uh, the, I will compliment the Dan Horn uh, bass playing, where he follows the vocal melody on on like the second half of the song, which is a, a cool technique and sounds great. Uh, okay, side three, "Freeway to the Canyon," Dave. This is your masterpiece.
3: Yeah, <laughs> this is. There's so much we could talk about on this, but this is the one thing we recorded during COVID. That was the most broken out because the band was scattered across the country, literally. We began with Alex Coford, who is all over this record, but this is his lead vocal, um, the Terrapin Family Band. Uh, we re- began with him and an acoustic guitar singing along with the, was it the rhythm?
2: Yeah, the rhythm arranger. The rhythm the arranger right now, on the. The, the Fantastic. Oh
3: yeah, there it the, is. Yeah, Roland the
2: Rhythm Arranger. We'll the, try yeah. to get a
3: photo or an interview with the rhythm arranger later, but. That was something Neil used a lot when he'd create his initial tracks. So then we shipped that track with the vocal and the guitar up to Laughing Tiger in Santa, uh, San Rafael, California, where Graham Lesh and Jason Crosby added their parts. Then we shipped it to Denver, where Ross James added his guitar. Then we shipped it to New York, where Elliot Peck and Nathan added drums and harmony vocals. And then finally, Graham took it to his dad, Phil Lesh, at his house and added this genius bass line. And then, of course, the plate full of spaghetti got dumped in Jim's lap and he made a unified, beautiful-sounding track. And, and uh, it's really funny. It's something we should probably talk about is, you know, we've got 41 songs. We have 41 artists trying to pick from this vast, amazing catalog of songs. And obviously, there are favorites. And when I approached Graham Lesh, he said... Uh, I said, do you have a song you'd like to do? And he goes, well, you know, whenever Neil came up here and played with us, my dad really enjoyed Freeway to the Canyon. Is that available? And I was like, actually, it is. And it's an outstanding, it's one of Neil's outstanding songs. And uh, they really did it justice. I can't speak more highly of the, the teamwork that was required at many different engineers and many different studios working in covid to make this thing come out and just sound beautiful yeah
1: if neil was around i think he he would be incredibly moved by phil's bass playing because it's such classic phil lesh bass playing on that song it's uh yeah one of a kind and amazing uh okay after that we have feel no pain by leslie mendelson which is uh just a beautiful version of one of Neil's great ballads. And, uh, Leslie played this at the tribute concert we did for Neil in September of 2019 and just did a beautiful version. And it's a very Jackson Brown sounding song. And, um, she just sings it beautifully. And the, this, the whole sound of the recording is really the classic Neil fadeaway diamond time sound because we have Bob and Don and, uh, Craig Lees with an yeah. unbelievable black uh, I mean, steel I, I, guitar solo.
2: I think if we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to talk about Fadeaway Diamond Time. I'm, I'm going to put on Neil. I'm going to put on Neil's jacket. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, give me a second here. I
1: got him. <laughs> there it is. Neil used to like these tassels quite a bit.
2: He had quite a few. T- oh, that fits you pretty Look well. At Look at that. Unbelievable. <laughs> Amazing. So anyway, so the, the uh, we kind of had the Fadeaway Diamond Time mm-hmm. band. Uh, most of it on Leslie's version she did change the key which made it a little more gospel and a little more up but I remember specifically Greg Lee's doing two guitar solos he played one and he said this amp doesn't sound very good so I went and got him another amp and he played the second solo and that's the one that's on the record untouched, uncomped, untuned and that's a sly guitar so it's no joke you know that Leslie's vocal you know just the aura of Neil being there with those guys at that moment, looking back at the past, and, but still being here right now. Okay. I'm really glad we had, we had a lot of wonderful women sing on this record, and I'm glad Leslie sang it, because to have some other guy sing it probably wouldn't have worked so well, but she, she really served it up, and I'm really grateful that she did.
1: Mm. Yeah, she crushed it. Uh, all right, uh, Detroit or Buffalo? Now, this is not Neil's song. Um, this song was written by a woman named Barbara Keith in 1971. She made one record for Warner Brothers, and it's uh, to me, it's a perfect singer-songwriter record. If you can find the record, it's called Barbara Keith. And Neil found this record in a thrift store in '93, '94 for a dollar. And I think he looked at the credits on the back of the record, and it was all the great. I think Lowell George is on it, and Sneaky Pete might be playing pedal steel Like all the great um, Musicians that we loved from the late 60s early 70s are on this record So he saw it and he was like oh for a dollar I'll buy This and then it became One of our favorite records and Detroit Or Buffalo is an amazing song And it really became one of Neil's songs he just owned That song so that's why Jonathan Wilson um, And the song's on Fade Away Diamond Time And Jonathan asked if he could do that And I was like yeah because neil made it his own and i actually reached out and i talked to barbara keith and she was like yes of course please do it this is amazing and jonathan did it just awesome version i think he plays everything he on. played everything yeah and yeah. it
2: sounds amazing the tracks that he sent me to mix what it was it's stunning you know the work that he does at up at his spot he's yeah. got it going on
1: yeah and then um hannah cohen is a good friend of of uh of mine and she sang background vocals on sweet in the distance the song sweet in the distance on neil's album sweet in the distance and uh i asked hannah if she wanted to sing on detroit or buffalo and she actually is friends with jonathan wilson so it worked out great and their voices go together great and i think that track turned out beautifully i
3: think has uh, got some steel on there too, oh that's right he? yeah that's right
1: lest we forget john Grayboff and he <laughs> You'll hear from him soon enough, but he is on 17 songs on this album. I think John and uh, Alex Koford are the two guest musicians who are on more tracks than anyone else. More
3: tracks than anyone. Yeah. Next track is
1: Day in the Sun, which is the first song on Neil's first album, Fade Away, Diamond Time. And Neil did this big kind of rock version of this song. And uh, I'll let Jim tell the story because this is his masterpiece on this record as well.
2: Well, you know, there's 41 songs and almost everything has a big band on it. Background vocals, bass, drums, tambourine, two guitars, shaker, you know, harmonies, everything about it. And it's such a really, it's a beautiful song. And we really wanted to get Susan Tedesky and Derek Trucks on this record. They're friends of all of ours. I've made a few records with them and we just knew that they had to be part of it. It was right in the heat of COVID. There was no way we were going to get... The 12-piece Tedesky trucks band on there all at the same room at the same time and you know to do to do another big arrangement with horns and background vocals and everything it just seemed. but i knew we had to get them on there so i i talked to derek and susan i said you know what it's okay if we go small we just do it the way you want to do it it's okay if it's small and that's what happened susan and derek sat in their studio down in jacksonville and Bobby Ts recorded it, my good friend, and, you know, it's hard to talk about, but it's really really one of the most beautiful songs on the record. It, it's one of the best songs on the record, and Susan sings, like, kind of, like, better than anyone else, and Derek <laughs> plays guitar maybe better than anyone else, and it's, it's just... It's it's a beautiful addition, and uh, you know it just it just couldn't have been done better. And I mm-hmm. thank him deeply from the bottom of my heart. Thank you very much.
1: The night before Neil died, he texted me. One of the last texts I ever got from him was from Locken, and he said, uh, he said, man, I, I just got the greatest compliment from Derek Trucks. He said that he he heard me playing. Um, I guess Neil was playing." Uh, was it with Phil? I don't know. He was playing with uh, Hello, Othiel. Oh teal Yes, and Derek was uh, out in the back, you know, be a couple hundred feet behind the stage and heard Neil playing. And, and he told Neil afterwards, he's like, uh, "I heard you playing and I knew it was you. And it was you have such a great style." And Neil was like, "Man, that was such a great compliment. So thank you, Derek, and thank you, Susan." Yeah, thanks. Okay, let's move to side four. We start with "Bird with No Name." I think this was this. Yeah, was we got to follow.
2: Uh, we got to follow <laughs> Derek and Susan with an instrumental. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, clear the space a little bit.
3: But I mean, was, it's, it's actually kudos to the sequencing because you know, I mean, Jimmy Herring worked a lot with Derek when he was young. And yeah, he's in the family. In the yeah. family, uh, you know, I mean, we could go on and on about it. But what I, I want to say about "Bird with No Name" is is it's literally one of my favorite, if not the top, uh, Neil song for me. So much so that when I heard Sweet in the Distance and heard his version, I I texted him and said, did you actually write this song? Because I couldn't believe that someone I knew could write a song that great. Um, So it's got a big spot in my heart and then it was also like the first idea I had um, literally days after we started putting this together and Jim and I, you know, Gary and I had talked, and Jim and I talked about how to do it, and I had this thing. Jimmy Herring and I love Jeff Beck, and we love to listen. And in Jimmy's band, he's always playing these gorgeous vocal melodies, soaring on his guitar, and I'm just like, it hit me like a flash. I called up Jimmy, I'm like, would you be into doing this song, Bird With No Name, a la Instrumental? And uh, and we couldn't get him out here, but we did have... an expanded version of circles around the sun we had mm-hmm. the cats mm-hmm. and then we also had tony leone playing drums So we had mm-hmm. two drum kits yep. um and we had john graboff and graboff
1: pl- actually played on the original recording neil's recording of uh, bird with no name and i think he played that opening when you hear this version you will hear that that kind of 12 string right opening lick and i think that's john playing with circles there
3: this john and, and adam's clav yeah and so then uh we got those tracks out to John Keane in Athens, and Jimmy came over and recorded everything he recorded—the the vocal melodies, augmented, building throughout the song, and then just an amazing improvised solo. And kudos to John Keane for recording. Yeah, John Keane great, amazing. amazing, and also playing pedal steel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he did so it all. We, this is probably one of the biggest like instrumental tracks. It's like a, almost an orchestra yeah. kind of thing going on here. Yeah. It's also the theme song to this podcast. Um, <laughs> all
1: right, next track is Maybe California by Shooter Jennings. Maybe California it's I think, one of Neil's signature songs. It's the second song on Fadeaway Diamond Time, and Shooter just came in here and did a great job, and it's a great, crunchy version. And Shooter, I didn't realize how good a piano player he was, came in here and sat in that room over there and just blasted it out, and I think, what do we have? Uh, it's some of his fellow bandmates like from a few years back made a record with them so it's Jeff Hill Graboff. and Tony Leone and Graboff and they were in Shooter's band going back to 2013 12 14 somewhere around <laughs> they, there they
2: did a, like you know Neil Neil did a sunny California version like <laughs> but they did like a bad finger version it is like a Badfinger yeah, version yeah that's <laughs> true Shooter's great he sang great he you know I know he's one of the busiest producers in town I know he had a lot of places to go, but he walked in just as calm as can be, stayed all day wasn 't in a rush, yeah. made sure it was right, played piano, sang the vocal, yeah. set the tone, and it was uh, it was you know just a classic great day in the studio
1: yeah, really was very, very excellent and then we have uh White Fence Roundhouse by Vetiver. Um, Neil regarded this as one of the best songs he wrote. I think he actually said, you know, he I think he called it maybe the best song I ever wrote. Um, so it's a beautiful song, and Vetiver is uh, really masterminded by a guy named Andy Kabick, and he was one of Neil's very good friends. They played a lot of music together, they did some touring together, and Neil had a lot of respect for Andy, so I was really glad that Andy did this song and um, brought in... I think it's uh, Tim and um, Trevor is on this song. Um, Who else is on this song? I don't know, but we'll fill that in. But it's a masterpiece. That's so great. And uh, they did it up in Northern California. I think it also was a little bit pieced together during COVID. Like, uh, can you do your overdub from your basement? Um, But then they sent it down here and Jim mixed it. And just fantastic. Very happy with this one. And the next one is December by Todd Schaefer, and I love this one. Todd did a beautiful version of this song, and going back to New Jersey in uh, the early 90s, Todd had a band called From Good Homes, and they they were a big deal in North Jersey where Neil and I grew up. And we used to go see them quite a bit, and we became good friends with Todd and... uh, Uh, His future bandmate in Railroad Earth, a guy named Andy Gessling, who uh, sadly departed as well, but uh, one of Neil's great friends, Andy, and a big influence, and so was Todd on Neil. And Neil had this song December. It's on his Field Recordings album, and Todd always loved the song, but he told me that he had a conversation with Neil where he was like, man, that song needs one more part, and Neil was like, I know, could you write it? well 20 some years later todd wrote it so he added added a third part to this song and he performed it at the tribute concert as well and then when we asked him to do it for this album i said what do you think about a string quartet on it and todd was like yeah that sounds like a great idea so jim knew a guy named eric Gorfain out here who wrote a beautiful string arrangement and uh came in and did that it was um I think we did that in our first session before COVID was too scary and it was in February. That's right. And um are you on bass on this song? Nope. That's no? Bob Glob. Oh, it's Bob. Bob and Don and John graboff and Todd and a beautiful string quartet. it's uh beautiful, beautiful. All right, let's move to side five, Grand Island by Courtney J. Courtney um <laughs> Courtney I think. Courtney met Neil through you Jim because you worked on some of her early records I did I mixed
2: a record for her a long time ago I think Gary Loris had produced it oh yeah
1: forgot about that yeah. um, and anyway Neil became great pals with her and she sang on uh, a lot of records that Neil worked on he loved her harmony singing um, and if you hear the Zephaniah Ohora record that Neil produced before he died uh, Courtney sings a ton of harmonies on there so and Dave is pals with her as well so he we called her up she happened to uh fly over from hawaii by the skin of her teeth yeah missed of <laughs> yeah. flight a flight got canceled she stayed up all night some type of crazy story got a
2: private plane <laughs> to get to another airport to get yeah. to los angeles to come to the studio yeah <laughs> made it all, all the way,
3: way up here came just like in like the wind <laughs> yeah, yeah sang the hell out of the song yeah and was gone yeah yeah it was like what? Yeah, yeah. I mean, she had some place to
2: go. I mean, she, she had, had some
3: place to go. She, she she's kind of sang
2: her voice out in the like three hours that she was here, but nailed it, of course. Nailed but it. But then she had to go someplace else, and <laughs> she was kind of busy. Yeah. But she's kind of awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she it? did an amazing, amazing job.
3: And I, I just want to sing the praises of Mr. John Ginty on this because oh, yes. I, I made some unusual choices on the bass part that worked in a way until we brought John in to do a B3 organ overdub. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had to do a little bit of math to make it work. And I'm not a mathematical player, but kudos to him for making it work. He really, he sewed the song up, orchestrated it beautifully, and and I love it. Yeah,
2: Fantastic. kudos to Ginty anyway for, you know, uh, being part of the original Neil Casal band and playing on basically everything yeah. Neil did. He you sewed
1: know? up a lot of Neil's songs yeah. over the years. Yeah. Yeah. He yes. really did.
2: In fact, John Ginty saved my session today, my... my Hammond organ broke, and I called Ginty on the road, and he told me how to fix it. So <laughs> what, do you, what do you know? There He's he is.
1: Hammond organ legend. Saving it. <laughs> Super Highway. This is this is one of the... You know how some songs just grow on you, and uh, I think that's happened to a, a lot of us who are involved. I know this is Michelle uh, August, who basically runs the Neil Foundation with us, uh, but she's the genius behind it, and uh, I know this has become one of her favorite songs, and I know it's one of your favorite songs, and uh Super Highway I will say was one of my favorite Neil songs and it was around for many years and never made it on an album and I always used to be like what about Super Highway and he was like yeah <laughs> but we finally put it on the Roots and Wings album and uh and Othiel and Friends I don't know uh, you figured this out I don't know how you made this one happen but
3: I, it was <laughs> just luck of the draw but uh, you know I knew that we needed Dwayne Trucks and he was sort of yes. trapped in Atlanta with COVID, and O'Teal was down in Orlando, I think is where he lives now, somewhere in Florida, and uh, Nick Johnson, and we found a studio in Atlanta, O'Teal came up, and so we had a trio, and Nick played the guitar, and Dwayne reminded me, he, he's like, I'm so psyched, we're doing Super Highway, and I'm like, what's special about it, other than it's a really great song, and he goes, don't you remember when we first started working with Hardworking Americans, Todd Snyder said, we should really try to include some of neil's songs in in what we do and that's the one we learned and i was like i must not have been at soundcheck that day but (laughs) Dwayne has a memory like a steel trap so he was really excited and then i'm like i really would love to get steve kimmock involved and so once again studio to studio to studio john morgan kimmock steve's son recorded steve's guitar parts and then added some interesting electronic and cymbal crash cool drum things and a plate of spaghetti was delivered to Mr. <laughs> Jim Scott and he put it together and i remember you kept bouncing i kept sending mixes back yeah when something's wrong and finally we realized that the tracks that were recorded in Pennsylvania were misplaced they were yeah, like, like two like, bars like, off
2: like just a, just enough in time but out of out of sync by a bar or two so everything somebody was playing was almost right oh it is right it's almost right? Oh, it is right. So it was hard to unscramble it, but we did. We,
3: scr- we unscramble it, and cool. it's, it's a great track. It's really, to me, it's like it epitomizes driving on a superhighway. The way it feels, yeah. the way it unspools, it's, yeah. it's fantastic. Yes.
1: After that, we have Willow Jane by a kid named Britton Buchanan. And how did he get on this record? Well, I was producing a tour for a, a comedy duo named Rhett and Link. Uh, i've got like 18 million subscribers on youtube they're really funny youtube comedians uh, and great musicians as well and link uh his cousin is this kid named Britton buchanan so Britton came on this tour with us and he opened some of the shows and i was like this kid is really good um and then i found out that he had been like runner-up in american idol or the voice the voice and um he was uh, he's 19 and he's an encyclopedia that, like i couldn't i was like where did this kid come from he knows every grateful dead song um and he sings them all and he's like uh, he just somehow knows everything at a very early age and so i said to neil i was like you got to meet this kid and when circles around the sun was recording up here on that last album i brought Britton up to meet neil and to watch them record because i just thought he's a 19 year old kid he should see some old pros record and it'd just be good for him and neil met him and neil was like i really like that kid he's really nice and so i asked britain to uh record a song and he picked Willow Jane and he just blazed it and crushed it and Dave's on bass and there's great crunchy guitar from John Grayboff and Brian Whalen and background vocals from Jim's wife and daughter.
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the Scott family band is on there. My my lovely daughter my lovely wife Carol and Emma sing background vocals and uh, for the first time ever we have seven people playing tambourine on the same track. We went out to put the groove on and everybody picked up a tambourine we all stood in a circle it played it down and led by Don Heffington, of course. Of course. The late great Don Heffington. Yeah. He he was on the mic. The rest of us were over there, but we're all <laughs> on there.
1: Well, it turned out great. Then after after that is Too Much to Ask, which is uh one of Neil's truly great songs. Uh it's a song on Any Time Tomorrow. And this version is done by Kenny Roby and Amy Helm, Levon's daughter, on the harmony vocals, and it's awesome. And they did this um of course, it was during COVID times, and Kenny did this in Woodstock with uh, Jeff Hill on bass, Tony Leone on drums, John Shannon on guitar, Jesse Acock is on it as well. Is Jesse on it? Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. And then we got Amy in to sing, and it's a beautiful, beautiful version of one of Neil's great songs, and I think Neil would be happy that uh, that Kenny sang it, because Neil and Kenny went way back into the, into the mid-'90s, and they... Together, they made a record together called Black Riversides, which you could dig out. And I think Kenny told me that Neil was writing this song too much to ask when they were hanging around and doing stuff together and so he has a special connection to it. So I think he was very glad that he was able to sing it and it's a beautiful version.
2: Yeah, one thing about that track is we, there was a rough mix broadcast, a live, the, the recording is actually a live recording that was actually broadcast for something live. Oh yeah, it's a live and, stream thing. And we so did. I had a, we, I saw the live stream and I got a rough mix of that and I listened to it and I got used to it. And then, then Kenny wanted to re-sing the vocal and I was like, no, you can't sing the vocal. That's, it's so great, man. No, it's great. But he, you know, like, hey man, if you want to sing the vocal, please do. And he crushed it. And the record sounds like a like a a real big time record it's a fantastic vocal and that's the thing you got to remember when you're making records if you're a producer or an engineer like the artist you know you got to let them do their thing you know we're they're the artists we're not so
1: yeah and he was right he was right (laughs) yeah
3: all right let's move to side six time in trouble dave this is yours this is mine you know when the night that neil died one of the first texts i got was from bob weir and i guess he'd been at lockin and, and maybe they had played together or maybe he just saw him but he couldn't really he couldn't believe it yeah. he's like is this true and i'm like yes and and uh i've done a lot of work with bobby and he's a really thoughtful and caring guy and so he very quickly said he would be glad to participate in this record um did i have any song suggestions and he's always talking about the bakersfield shuffle and i just put that in in my head and i'm like well you know maybe he'd do feathers for bakersfield it would be really cool and so COVID happened and then everybody started getting their legs back and bob's like okay let's do it and so he's working on feathers for bakersfield and and we're going to go in and record it at tri his studio and around midnight i get a text from him that says wait a minute that's all it says (laughs) wait a minute i'm like what is what could this mean and obviously you know he responded and, and he said I really like this time and trouble song I think I can do something with this and I'm like what happened did you let the cd play while you were shedding feathers for bakersfield because time and troubles the next song in the <laughs> sequence and he's like pretty much <laughs> and uh, so we went in and, and bobby's a great interpreter of music you know I don't think there's anyone better than the grateful dead at interpreting bob dylan great. they understand that a song is a song is a song and it's mm-hmm. if it's a great song there's a melody and everything else is filtered through the lens of the artist and something about time and trouble resonated with Bobby and so he and I and Jay Lane we went in there and we were just recorded it as raw as we could yeah Uh, you know and and that pleased Bob he really enjoyed that experience and you know he's a tough guy in the studio he's very Mm -hmm. self-critical and he just he let go with that one he nailed the intent of the song and uh, you know, it, to me it's something that's less produced and I think it, it has its place on the record.
2: Sounds huge though
3: It does, he did great Yeah, because Great-based once again, Dave.
2: thanks man
1: thanks, yeah,
3: <laughs> thank you, the tracks come down to Jim, where they belong and they get sorted.
1: Well the track after that is also one that you masterminded which is uh, a very unlikely track which is by Jay Maskis. Death of a Dream
3: Death of a Dream, I played with Jay Mascus in The Fog. We, have, we share a manager, and uh, I know that Neil liked Dinosaur Jr. A lot of us do. It's part of our greening, as it were. It resonates with us. And uh, I know that Jay has a studio, and I know he's very, very capable of recording everything himself, just like Jonathan Wilson is. And, and I got in touch with Jay, and I sent him a couple of tracks, and Death of a Dream was one of them. And he wrote back, he's like, I think I, I could do this one. And uh, I'm like, great, do you need me to help you put a band together? He's like, nope, I got this. <laughs> and so he went into a studio in Northampton, Massachusetts, Biscuitine is what it's called, <laughs> and played everything, including layers and layers and layers of super fuzz guitars. And if you know Neil, you know he loved fuzz. He yes. had a huge collection of fuzz pedals, which I'm sure rivals that of Jay Maskus, but probably doesn't beat the collection of fuzz pedals. Um, and once again, he did a fantastic job. He, he captured it. And it. one review said it sounded like an outtake from Where You Been. Yeah. And I think it sounds like an outtake from Green Mind. So listen to the track and debate amongst yourselves. But thanks, Jay, for for actually doing that for us. Because yeah. following the Weir track, it jumps out of the speakers like a monster. <laughs> it does. This is really unexpected <laughs> and cool. <laughs> well, from one unlikely track
1: to another unlikely track, the next song is... Uh, Cold in the Darkness, another great Neil ballad, and it's by a guy named Tim Heidecker. And if you don't know who Tim is, he is in a well, I'll let you tell the story, but this this would make Neil so happy.
3: <laughs> this would make Neil happy. You can look up Tim Heidecker, maybe you remember Tim and Eric awesome show, great job, and maybe you've seen the Jordan Peele movie, Is It Us, that he's in, where he's the husband of Elizabeth Moss. But he's Tim Heidecker is multi talented. But the main thing is Neil loved Tim's work. He loved Tim and Eric. Awesome show. Great job. He was constantly reciting the sketches. Um, we actually sent out for we put the word out on Facebook that we didn't have the DVDs on tour and the next show like five copies of the whole <laughs> season <laughs> showed up. But I was talking to Dwayne Trucks and I was telling him that we had done the his Golden Messenger song with the Space Bomb guys and I remarked that mm-hmm. Tim Heidecker had just released a new record on Space Bomb, the label. And he goes, you've got to ask Tim to do this Neil Tribute, You've got to ask him to take part in Highway Butterfly. So I've got a friend at Adult Swim, and I said, can I get Tim's people's number? And I get a number, and I call it, expecting a manager or some office, and there's Tim Heidecker's voice. <laughs> and uh, I told him who I was and what the deal was, and his first thing he says sure i'd love to do it i'm i'm looking forward to a lengthy career making tribute records i'll do it now i've got to get back to trying to assemble this ikea desk chair and i said good luck and then he came up here i think it was like one of the first sessions during covid where yeah. i came down and we had a, a gang of people up here and we recorded his track uh, cold in the darkness and, and it's amazing it's yeah he did a great job he just came in and Knocked it out like a pro. (laughs)
1: Well, it turned out great. Uh, And then we have Free to Go by Warren Haynes. And Warren and Neil go back a long time because I actually worked with Warren on his debut solo album in 1992. I was his A&R guy. And I remember going to Warren's apartment in New York City to see the artwork. He said, oh, come in. I've got this painting that I want to put on the cover. So uh, I went into Warren's apartment and Neil came with me. And that would have been in 92. And that's when those guys met. And then Neil on the Fadeaway Diamond Time tour actually opened for Government Mule four or five shows. I think it was Government Mule's first tour. I, I think yep. that, um, I don't even think they meant to be a band very long, but somehow Neil opened some shows for them and he always loved Warren. And I remember in, in 1989, Neil and I saw the Allman Brothers when they reunited and uh, Warren was in the guitar slot and we were blown away by him. And so when I got to work with him, That was great. Neil was excited, and uh, so to have Warren do Free to Go, which is one of Neil's great guitar jams, it's great. And uh, Joe Russo is on drums on this track, and they did this also during COVID. They did it at a studio in Connecticut, and it's uh, Joe Russo, and why am I spacing on the bass player's name? Oh, I'm awful. I'm sorry. He's Joe's friend, and I'm sorry. If you're listening, I'm really sorry I'm forgetting your name. <laughs> but
2: <laughs> but we got we it. Got you know, hats off <laughs> to Ginty for pulling that together. Yes, you know, they did it at the, at, the, at the Carriage House. Yes. They did it at the Carriage House where we did Neil's first demos, had got him his uh, publishing deal. Yeah. And hats off again to John Ginty, who not only is an incredible B3 and piano player, but he's uh, good to be quite a fancy pants producer these days. So you better yeah. look out. <laughs> you yeah. better look out.
1: And Danny Lewis is on the <laughs> Danny track. Danny Lewis as well. is on it. Amazing. Yeah, it turned out great. Uh, all right, we're going to side seven, which starts with "So Far Astray by Rachel Dean. Rachel is a very, very good friend of Neil's out here in California when he moved out here. I believe that Neil produced a record for her, or he certainly played guitar on a couple records, and they did some gigs together. And uh, she just uh, totally crushed this one. So yeah, well, astray. it's a
2: very sad song, honestly. Mm. But we, you know, we kind of had, uh, well, we had Tony Leone, of course, and. Was it Tony? Um, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Because it starts with the bongos. You know, we we gave it a real happy beach kind of feel. No, not Tony.
1: No, because um, this was. Oh, it was her guy. Yes. Yes. It was her guy. It was post COVID. It was one of the first sessions in. That's right. And it's Ted. Ted, um, (laughs) That's right. Sorry head is on Tony
2: Tony did play some bongos on this record but not on that one anyway it's a a sad song but we did a real happy sort of like upbeat version of it and you know Rachel was such a joy and just remembering her smile just hearing her band and hearing the song and
3: you know just it was great yeah our, our it's a great track it really is it's, you know we got 41 songs on this record and <laughs> and over the last year and a half of making it it's just like this constant jockeying for people have asked actually had the temerity to ask me what my favorite song yeah, on it it this can't, record is it can't, and I, one. I can't. they can't. but they come they they rise and yeah. like right now rachel's song is just it's kind of stuck in my yeah. head all the time
1: yeah yeah she's she sang a great neil would have loved that one
2: got hand claps on the chorus Your favorite. My favorite.
1: (laughs) Uh, Highway Butterfly is the next song. The Mm -hmm. title track, and it's Steve Earle and the Dukes. And he also did this one at... um the tribute concert we did, and I wanted him to do this song because Neil wrote the song after Towns Van Zant died in 1997, um, and I think it's one of Neil's great acoustic songs. And Steve, of course, was really uh, great pals with Towns Van Zant, so it just felt like that was a logical connection. And he did a great version of this, and it's also um, great for us because it's Jeff Hill, who of course was Neil's great friend, and in CRB and in Hazy Malaise with Neil um on bass and brad pemberton playing drums and brad of course was with uh, neil and john graboff in ryan adams and the cardinals so this one is a, another one that i think neil would be really happy about and um just you know steve is just uh, one of the the great american songwriters so for him to do one of neil's songs is uh a total treat. Well,
2: you know, and you never know how things are going to work out. Most of the time, I would get a track. We everyone was free to like add parts and do whatever. We we got the great track from Steve, and we ended up overdubbing the Mastersons, and we overdubbed a few other things on it, and we played it for Steve, and it was kind of got the thumbs down. So the great Ray Kennedy went in with with Steve and the tracks, and remixed the version that's on there now, and it's uh, it's very true to mm-hmm. the vision and you know it's pretty unbeatable i gotta say you know it, it takes a lot of courage to say yeah let me give it a shot yeah yeah and they did and it's great
1: yeah uh the next track is angel in your mind by a girl named victoria reed and uh, victoria mm. is a friend of mine and uh Neil, she has a song on her debut album came out five or six years ago called uh make it easy and neil played the outro guitar solo on it and uh he loved her he was like this song he just loved that song and he really played a great electric guitar part on it so i wanted her to uh do a song for this album um and she picked angel in your mind and and it's just beautiful she did a beautiful version of it and was maybe the second or third track we did when we started and it's don heffington and bob Glaub and john graboff and uh her husband is Eric Deutsch. who's played with all kinds of bands, from Shooter Jannings to uh, Leftover Salmon to Citizen Cope. And so Eric plays some beautiful keys on it and it's just a great, great version. I think we were all really moved by that version. I think maybe it was the third song we did, that's why because it Leslie was second after Billy Strings and then Victoria was third and I think by the end of that day we were like wow we're really on to something
3: yeah. here
2: yeah the sound of her voice on that track is, still kills me when it, yeah. when it comes right in it's like oh yeah. Yeah. thank you
3: yeah. so it's just such glorious restraint displayed by everybody it's mm-hmm. so powerful Yeah, um, it's just an amazing track yeah um, next is Jason Crosby playing a solo
1: piano version of Pray Me Home which is a beautiful Neil song that had also been a demo for many years, and it finally wound up on Roots and Wings. And uh, Jason just loved that song, and it has a beautiful melody, and he just, I don't know how he came up with this arrangement, or Jason is uh, an incredible musician. I worked with him quite a bit back in the Robert Randolph and the family band days. and uh, when you when you sit around and you hear Jason just noodling on a guitar or a piano, you're like, Where, What is this guy? He's one of those or incredible a violin. Yeah. Of violin, of course. He's one of those incredible musicians." So when I heard his version of this, I just couldn't believe how beautiful it is. And it, when it comes on in the record, and you just hear after you've heard all these band tracks, and then you hear this solo piano version, uh, beautiful,
3: breath of it, fresh air.
1: Yeah, incredible, it really is um all right we're going to side eight which uh one of the most emotional songs on this record is lost satellite by lauren barth and this was a song um that really meant a lot to neil and um it's on the uh no wish to reminisce album um he referred to himself sometimes as as a lost satellite and uh Lauren was really close with Neil. They were really good friends. Um, they played a lot of gigs together. If you look up Neil Casal with Lauren Barth, you can see, uh, I think it's at the Guild. It's for Guild Guitars. They did a video. Guild had given Neil a couple of guitars, and they asked him to do a session. And there's a couple beautiful songs of them playing together. And Lauren just uh, is a very emotional performance of this song. It's a very slow, beautiful, beautiful, tear-inducing ballad.
3: Definitely, yeah. Sitting here in this room, talking right now, I can still remember the looks we exchanged and then kind of quickly looked away as she delivered that vocal performance. It was stunning and shocking for us to hear it Yeah, because I think it delivered very painfully and on the nose something about our friend that we all knew but never really, you know, She was able to encapsulate it, and it came through while we were in here. You know, a lot
2: of Neil's songs, we all rediscovered his lyrics on this album. And rediscovering them under the circumstances was really heartbreaking and emotional. And I think the lyrics on Lost Satellite are probably the most revealing and the most crushing. And, you know, to, to have Lauren pick that song, that's incredible bravery because it would be easy enough to go like, I'm not singing that you know but yeah. she did and it's beautiful and i'm glad she did
3: yeah. me too
1: she's powerful amazing uh then we moved to neil's great pal jesse acock who of course was in the hard-working americans as well and uh he did an amazing version of this song losing end again this is uh i don't i don't even know if that that opening little adam mcdougall uh, little masterpiece of piano there in the beginning is beautiful and then the whole version is just great think you're on bass on this one. I'm on right? bass
3: on this one and, and and Aaron Lee plays the guitar solo before yeah, he hands it, it off day, to yeah. to Mr. Ah. um and uh, you know it had sort of a long tail that we edited down and Jesse was a little sad at me for for going with the edited version because apparently <laughs> his favorite thing I ever did on the bass hit the cutting room floor but uh, his vocal performance is so amazing and Lauren Barth is singing the harmony with him and I think Alex Coford yeah, yeah. is in there too and uh that that song to, for me, I played it with them at the benefit oh, yeah. at the memorial at the Capitol Theater, and uh, it was a really long day. You know, it was a really long day. It was about six hours of music. Uh, everybody was scrambling and learning, and and the performance went by so fast. And then I saw a, a YouTube video of it, and it's just like what a great song. Yeah, what a great song, and what a great vibe. Yeah. Um, such a happy song for such like a. Oh, dang it! I've lost again. Here I am again. You know, <laughs> you and I are here again. And uh, uh, losing end. Really <laughs> great song and and also some soundtrack music for the podcast. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, all right, then we have Puss in
1: Boots. Uh, These days with you, which was a great classic Neil song from. Uh, Fadeaway Away, Diamond Time, and Puss in Boots is Nora Jones, Catherine Popper, and Sasha Dobson. And, of course, Catherine Popper was in The Cardinals with Neil, um, and they were pals, and uh, so I just hit her up and said, do you think you would want to do a song for this? And uh, it took a long time to figure out what song to do. Um, and then uh, I guess I suggested this. I guess after we tried to go through a bunch and none of them made sense, and I was like, what about this? And uh, they came back with this really... Uh, what did, what did you call it? Rustic charm. It's
3: rustic charm. It's just... It, it's so beautiful in its simplicity, and it, yeah. it's there's a plaintive uh, quality to Kat's vocal yes. that is just... Yeah. It just makes me so happy. Yeah. Well, there's another... It.
2: That it, it's just a, you know, we had an... Again, we had an incredible... Uh, the women on this record, the women that yes. sang on this record, like, I, I'm so grateful, because it's, you know... You know, dudes are everywhere, but to have, to have the female power on the record is great. And to completely reimagine a song that you know and you love and to just tear it apart and rebuild it in your own way, that takes a lot of talent and it's not easy. And they did an amazing version of a song that, you know, was really close and popular in, in people's hearts, but the, their own version is great.
1: Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, then the last song on Side 8 is Cold Waves, which is Tim Bloom with Kyle Field. Another one of Neil's, he wrote so many great ballads, and this is a really, really beautiful one, and it's also on on Roots and Wings, yes. And Tim and Neil did a lot of gigs together. I I feel like they were in numerous incarnations or on shows together or jammed together, so there was a nice connection there, and I know that Tim loved Kyle as well. And this one turned out great. This is another uh,
3: during-COVID
1: piece-together version, but
3: turned out amazing it's really cool i got to play bass on this and and uh once again jim threw a mix together (laughs) yeah uh then we moved to side nine
1: best to bonnie which is zephaniah Ohora with hazel dine so who is zephaniah Ohora and who are hazel dine uh hazel dine were a band from albuquerque new mexico three girls and a dude and they were on the same label as Neil in Germany, called Glitterhouse Records in the '90s. And Neil toured with them a bunch and loved them. And uh, Tanya from Hazeldine sings the vocal harmony on uh, "Today I'm Gonna Bleed," which is on Neil's uh, "Sunrises Here" album. But Neil Neil loved those girls. And um, and Zephaniah O'Hora is a country singer from New York, great great country singer that John Graboff turned us on to. And Neil. Uh, Neil and Zeph became pals and Zeph and I asked Neil to produce his album. And that was one of the last projects Neil worked on in 2019. So you should check out Zeph and i's album. But, um, best to Bonnie is a great Neil song from the sunrises here. And, um, and uh, I just thought that's a song that Zef should do, and he just did a great version. And I really wanted Hazel Dine to be on this record. They don't exist as a band anymore, but Tanya and Sean were important to Neil, and they make a great vocal sound. And also Jim worked with them, so it made sense to to do it. And I love the way it turned out. It a great record track. business
2: is pretty small. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, people come back around. Uh, so then then we have "Let It All Begin" by the and Two, who were Neil's great buddies. They're from out here, and I know that Neil loved them, and they surfed together and played music together. And uh, Let It All Begin is also on Sweet in the Distance. and uh, Now, the version you'll hear on this record is, what, four minutes and 56 seconds long. They actually gave us a version that's... I don't know, 13 minutes long Almost 10. (laughs) Almost 10 10. minutes long. They sent sent me the version, and I saw it's 10 minutes long. I was like, uh, we already have a three-hour and 20-minute album. I don't know if we have (laughs) room for a 10-minute song, but it's so good. (laughs) And Jim just decided, Jim was going to remix it, but then he was like, I I can't beat their mix. And so we just figured out a place to fade it down. But at some point, I do want to put out the full... 10 minute version
3: it's such an amazing interpretation yeah i mean those guys extrapolated that song through their own lens in a remarkable way yeah and it's it's like comes out of the ether really it is a very unusual and super cool sound yeah um and thank thank you again thank you it's trippy (laughs)
1: and awesome uh, then we have You'll Miss It When It's Gone. Uh, you, you masterminded this one. Somehow I'm pulled
3: this one off <laughs> yeah. in the midst of COVID, but uh, Cass is in Sacramento now, and uh, it started with uh, Joe Russo at his home studio in, I think it's Hopewell, New Jersey, or Princeton, or yeah. um, and he got down in there and, and played the piano as a guide track for those of us that play melody instruments and laid down and recorded his drum track sent it to me and Cass came down to prairie sun studios which is where we recorded cold waves with tim bloom hmm. uh, and i cut the bass and casted the vocal and his guitar and i had a friend of mine l8 callan plays a shakuhachi flute which is a strange japanese flute that emulates a human voice and he played some mellotron and then I drove it down here, and we captured Farmer Dave and I think Alex Coford's on it. Yeah, I think it. so, yeah. Uh, and then we shipped it out to Ross James, and he he cut his guitar solo yeah. while he was also in the same time where he did the, the Terrapin Family Band song. So there was just a lot of elements floating around. It was a lot to keep track of. I love this track. I loved the track from the Skiffle record. Yeah. Um, I think it's an amazing piece of music, and cass wanted to recut it with a different style and he was very adamant that he'd not come up with a funny band name for it or that it's just listed under his yeah he wanted everybody's names yeah um which is remarkable cass is a remarkable artist and um what a great vocal the, the ohm the like low mm-hmm. all, yeah. all the like swirly vocal things he did at the end is just really cool to yeah. me And
1: Neil loved Cass. He really respected him. I remember when Cass asked him to be in the skiffle players, he was like, wow, this is amazing. Like this guy just writes the most incredible songs, like effortlessly. So Neil really loved him. Uh, fell on hard times is Angie McKenna, another artist who, uh, you probably haven't heard of, but Angie, uh, grew up in North Jersey near Neil and I. And, um, Neil, somebody told Neil in the very early days of Neil making demos about Angie. Oh, if you're looking for a girl singer, you should call up Angie. And she became Neil's favorite harmony singer on his solo records. And she's on, you know, a lot of his records, maybe all of them. Because I remember we would occasionally we would think, oh, well, we're out here. Angie's in New Jersey. Let's get so and so and so to come and sing and neil would hear it and just be like "Mm, i gotta get angie (laughs) so he would always go back to her so she wanted to do "Fell in hard times and angie is a a mom and a teacher now and she's not actively you know pursuing a music career but um she wanted to do this song and we went down to john ginty's studio in new jersey and just as soon as i heard her start playing guitar and singing it, i was like oh there it is it just took me right back 25 30 years and uh I love well, the way she sings great, out. and she
2: doesn't look any different, and she doesn't mm-hmm. sound any different, and it was wonderful to have her on the record, and she did a great job at the memorial show as well. Yeah. And Ginty, you know, producing up a storm, making it happen.
1: Yeah, and then we did. Uh, we had um, Neil's touring band from 98, 99. He used to go on tour with him, which was John Hummel on drums and Dave DeCatra on bass, and uh, oh, boy, my memory is going... I I talk to him all the time. I can't remember why am I spacing out the guitar 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 player's name. Yeah, he was kind of a metal guitar player. I'm sorry, I'm forgetting your name right now. Anyway, they all played on it and did a great job and turned out awesome. Okay, we have three more songs left. Side 10, Raining Straight Down, is the Allman Betts Band. And this is John Ginty is currently a member of this band, and it's with uh, Dwayne Betts and Devin Allman and uh, Barry Oakley Jr. and a couple other dudes. are a great band, and John's on tour with them all the time. And so on a tour day off in St. Louis, John somehow pulled his session together and recorded this crushing version of it. Yeah. Joe Wilkinson. Sorry, Joe Wilkinson is the guitar player on (laughs) Fell on Hard Times. Good job. job, (laughs) I I knew it would come back. I'm Jim. Anyway, Jim. You're Dave. Jim. Dave, Dave. great Dave. to meet you guys. Yeah, nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thanks for being here. But Raining Straight Down, that's a crushing version of the, of that song, a great, great Neil song with a great chorus. One of the rare songs, I think I challenged Neil um, at the time to write a song that started with the chorus. Right. Because every once in a while you hear a song that starts with the chorus and go, oh, that's a cool little trick. Most songs take a minute to get and to the And didn't Angie
2: sing the background on that?
1: Yeah, Angie is on here, yeah. yes. Yes, yeah, there you yes. go. Yes. Mean, Thank you. Thank you, John Ginty.
2: Yeah, um, Ginty again, yeah. star of the show.
1: Yeah, uh, and and then the next one also has Ginty on it. Soul gets lost, and this one was masterminded by Jeff Hill. So, Soul gets lost is a Hazy Malays song, and if you've never heard Hazy Malays, check them out. That was Neil's Power Trio with Jeff Hill and uh, Dan Fadel, and this version of Soul gets lost is Dan Fadel on drums, Jeff on bass. Uh, Marcus Randolph, the uh, cousin of Robert Randolph. Marcus is one of our pals from years ago, and and, uh, Neil loved Marcus, and Marcus is a great great pedal steel player, and um, Robert Randolph and the family band Marcus is a drummer, but he's a phenomenal pedal steel player, and he played great stuff on this, and uh, John Ginty, of course, is on it as well, and then it's an amazing vocal performance from Jenna Krause, who is Jeff Hill's um, girlfriend, and used to sing with blind melon and she somehow i don't even know how she came up with this but she just sings it so beautifully amazing
3: yeah (laughs) amazing vocal track
1: yeah and then the last track was a really important track to me um this guy robbie robb is a guy that the reason jim scott and i met in 1990 was because of robbie robb robbie is a south african guy an incredible artist one of my favorite all-time artists he had a band in south africa called tribe after tribe that were um amazing band and came over here to the u.s and uh i signed them to a record deal and um they made an amazing record with jim and robbie is one of the great characters i've ever met in my life he's part Bob Marley, part Keith Richards, part, like, shaman, part charlatan. Uh, he's <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. a legend. Part not
2: from around here. <laughs>
1: yeah. and um, But one of the smartest people I've ever met, and also he and Neil had a special friendship. They played some gigs together way back in the early days. Neil and I would come out to California to try to get record deals or make demos, and we would stay at Robbie's apartment and uh, sleep on his floor, and he would play records to us, and drive us around and have all these these great great amazing times with him and uh, Neil loved Robbie and Robbie had written this poem and Neil took it and turned it into a song called I Will Weep No More and it's the last song on Neil's Rain, Wind & Speed album and so I just thought Robbie has to do this and uh he just did this incredible version of it and the lyrics are powerful and uh he loved Neil so much so I'm just glad we got him on here and uh I think it's a great way it to do it. It wouldn't have been complete
2: without him.
3: No. And this is the only, only place on this whole record where you'll actually hear Neil's voice. Yeah. Because yeah. Robbie found an interview with Neil talking about playing the guitar and writing songs and, and interspersed it, in it into his track, which is very cool. And it's a, a fitting final track. It's really yeah. powerful and meaningful. Yeah. So there you go. That concludes our speed
1: dating with the Highway Butterfly album. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Dave. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, Gary. Thanks. Thank you, Neil. Thanks, John. And again, thank you to everybody who's donated, who supported the Neil music we've been putting out and for supporting Neil over the years. And thank you to Missy Colazzo, uh for helping us put this album out and to Kevin Calabro, who's been our amazing publicist and one of Neil's great friends for many years. Michelle August, who helps us run the foundation. And everybody else
3: who's been part of this whole project, it's been great, and we're going to keep it going as long as we can. Let's talk about, let's just mention, thank you, Pete Lyman, for taking oh. 41 songs with hundreds of backing musicians from all over. We've just spent an hour talking about them and how yes, uh, simple sometimes and how grandiose other times they are and, and making a really listenable 41 song experience so thank you yeah
2: pete lyman going the extra distance not just mastering the cd but helping us all the way through the vinyl process it's been a big deal and uh thanks pete great job
1: yeah and so many other people who have helped us do all this and uh we we've all the common link is that we love neil and we love his music and uh we hope that it lives on forever so see ya
3: this podcast is brought to you by backline the music industry's mental health and wellness resource hub. Launched in 2019, Backline gives artists, crews, and their families quick and easy access to mental health and wellness resources. Backline provides individuals with case management and offers virtual support groups as well as yoga, meditation, and breath work. To donate, learn more, or get in touch for personalized care, visit backline.care. That's B-A-C-K-L-I-N-E dot C-A-R-E.
0: Highway Butterfly at the Songs of Neil Cassell is out now. Purchase the album and learn more at neilcassellmusicfoundation.org. Osiris.